Hello and welcome to a, another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host this week as uh, Matt took over for me uh, a few weeks ago, I guess at this point, or the one that I listened to live this week <laughs> with Dale. But uh, this week, really, I want to do a quick PSA before we, we get rolling. Uh, guys, we're in construction, right? That's everybody listening is in construction. We're doing a lot for our communities and um, Kenny actually just reminded me as we got started here, who's going to be our guest today is look in your, in your normal communities, you go out to dinner, you do stuff around your community, like make sure to take care of the people that are in and around whatever it is you're doing. Uh, like I've been going more local places, you know, yes, they might be expensive and especially, so we're recording this March 11th gas prices are like five, six bucks, even in like Michigan where, you know, you're like, cheap typically like us in California but in that like take care of people man like as this as we're talking about stuff and and things are happening in the world like take care of your local community you know you're in construction everything that we do is local your guys are local you know uh take care of them tip a little extra you know going to lunch going to dinner and even one of the things that I've heard uh too and just seen around is be aware at the pumps, you know, there's some people that their cards are going to get declined, you know, they might not have money for gas or food, like, be aware of a lot of that stuff, uh, as you go out and be in the world. So, again, we build communities, and we don't just do that through construction and through everything that we talk about here, you know, be a good person out in the, the real world. Um, that's super important. So I want to put that in the front of this, this show, and you'll, I'll probably clip this and put it in others. So you'll, you'll hear it before this, but, um, just just be mindful guys of you know what's going on and people's pocketbooks are getting hit pretty hard right now so just be be aware of that be and if you can afford it uh you know tip a little extra give a little more and um just be be a good dude <laughs> pure and simple with that um matt what else is going on man yeah man i would echo that sentiment you know things are good for for us we're, we're still growing we're still building but you know, I was just saying before we came on here, I was up in Traverse City most of the week and we were at the resort, the Grand Traverse Resort, which is a, you know, pretty fancy high end place. It's got like four or five different restaurants, a bunch of bars, and these poor people can't get people to work. So they had like one restaurant open at a time and nobody shows up. The people that do showed up were getting shit on because they're going to have to work, you know, like three shifts straight just to keep up with the demand. You know, we were there for a trade show, which brought in a ton of people. And if you don't have food and bars open, there's not a whole lot up, up there to do right now this time of year. So, you know, it, it's it's shitty to see when people get dumped on in those those roles, but we can make a difference. And I would uh, I would highly encourage you to try it. Yeah. And with that, guys, uh, this week we have Kenny Blakesley who brings 20 years of training and experience with multiple aspects of RF, RF3, so radio frequency, which we're going to talk about all sorts of data and FCCs and AHJs, fire officials, you know, contractors, developers, basically everybody within uh, the, the project to basically bring in-building wireless systems to it. If you've ever dealt with uh, DAS, which is distributed antenna systems, his company, you know, Apex Site Solutions is really the company to, to help you do this. Uh, Kenny began his career in RF 
uh, served in the Navy from 2001 to 2005 as an avionics tech, preparing components from jets on an aircraft carrier, which is pretty cool. And uh, thank you for your service, Kenny. And he achieved the rank of Petty Officer Second Class within his three years. Uh, after his service, Kenny worked at various tower companies, which, you know, climbed the ranks from a, a greenhorn, you know, as we like to say in construction, to a foreman, uh, to RF tester, to project manager, and uh, formed his company in uh, 2010, Apex Site Solutions, and really has been hugely growing his team to over 90 people. He, he is pretty close to me in uh, Elk Grove, California, which is just south of Sacramento. And uh, he got his wife and uh, two kids. So with that, Kenny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. And to kind of echo the sentiment from earlier about, you know, doing good for your community. I, I feel like, you know, as business owners, as people operating in, in the construction industry, um, you know, we're the perfect folks to, to kind of make a difference. We're out there in the community interacting all the time. And um, what better way than to take care of people in, in other service industries, right? We're a service industry, take care of other people's in the people in the service industry. And it, it just feels better, right? I mean, that's why I've always hedged on the higher side of tipping. The interactions you get from things like that, the when you make somebody's day, when you put a smile on their face because of something like that and you see real gratitude, that's a great feeling, right? And so what better way to be? Don't be pinching those pennies, you know, trying to get it right down to 15 or 18% or whatever you're doing. Don't don't deduct that tax. <laughs> uh, absolutely, man. It, it's a good thing to do. It makes people happy and it just you know, that, that's one of the ways we, we fight through this, this shit storm we're all in right now. Yeah, exactly. The, the way the world is right now. Right. So it's, it's, uh, it, it, we can band together as a community and do better. So let's do it. And that bio Dylan is, is a little bit old, actually. We're, we're a bit over a hundred people now and, um, you know, rapidly growing. We're in an industry that there's just an unbelievable amount of opportunity, unbelievable amount of capital expenditure by all the carriers, by the tower owners, et cetera. So we're kind of riding that wave. And, you know, we've, we've had the same problem for the last three years, which is uh, we can't hire them fast enough. We can't keep them long enough. We can't develop them fast enough. You know, we've, if I could hire 40 or 50 more people right this moment, I, we would do it. I mean, that's the kind of industry we're working in right now. So we're pretty blessed there. It's not that I'm any sort of genius, but, um, we're, we're riding a good wave and, um, you know, trying to take advantage of it. And, and, and people is definitely the, has been the biggest bottleneck. It's also something that we're, we're figuring out over time. We're getting better at. And um, especially because we've become a very people focused company. Um, and, and that's the stuff that makes it fun. And um, that's the stuff that's going to lead long-term success for sure. Yeah. I, I want to get into, to, labor and, and people and culture because I, I spent some time today kind of bouncing around your your different social profiles and your and your website and um there's a lot of cool stuff you're doing which we will we will touch on hopefully a lot of it but before we get there for the for the idiot the, the dumb carpenters in the room like myself <laughs> can you give us like a layman's rundown of of what exactly rf and rf theory is and what that means to the industry yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, at our core um, with Apex Site Solutions, we're a tower construction business. So, you know, we we do the the beauty of our our trade is that all the trades are kind of involved, right? We uh, we we've got underground work, we've got civils work, we got dirt work, we've got uh, concrete, we we erect steel, then we're installing fiber optics and um, elect electrical, etc. So, we kind of do all of it when we're putting those 
towers up, right? You get all facets of it when we're putting those towers up. And that's where we kind of start. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, but we're also what's making the cell phones work. And that's from radio frequency. So essentially it's, you know, um, some antennas up on a tower that talk to your cell phone and you get to drive around and, and talk on the phone and download YouTube and stream everything, right? And, um, and so that's what we do. In the last few years, we've transitioned to also making wireless work inside of buildings. That's where you get to that, that the DAS systems that um, Dylan was referring to earlier, distributed antenna system, which essentially takes buildings where the, the signal doesn't work and um, makes it work and distributes it throughout the building evenly. So, um, like I said, with the, you know, the onset of 5G, even 4G before that, LTE, more and more people with multiple devices, um, streaming everything on their on their mobile devices, um, you know it's it's been a good time. They've got to build out more and more bandwidth for everybody to be doing everything that they're doing on these phones these days. So I'll tell you what the uh, the iPhone was one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me because as soon as that thing came out, all of a sudden the bandwidth was just through the roof that people were demanding on their phones, and so the carriers had to respond. So they've been spending a lot of money for quite a while now. That's cool. It, yeah. So so RF. I mean, I actually learned it when I was in the Navy. Um, I was I was an avionics technician, right? And we were working on some of the, the telemetry and the, the equipment on the aircraft. Now, I won't say that I took a whole lot of that knowledge over to the other side, because when I got out, I just happened to start climbing towers. My dad had a tower business and uh, he had just started it when I got out of the Navy in 05. I was going to go back down to San Diego to go to school. Um, and he said, hey, it's summertime. Come work for me for the summer. You can stay with me rent free, climb some towers for me. Um, and, uh, you, you can save up some money. Then you can go back down to San Diego and start school. Well, I never left. And, uh, so I, I was enjoying it. Um, but it was construction, right. And especially cause when I first started, I said, I'm not climbing those towers. I was scared of heights. I said, you're out of your mind. I'm not climbing anything. I said, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll swing a pick. I'll, I'll dig trenches all day for you. I'll move gravel all you want. I'm not climbing those things. And so I did that for a while <clears throat> and then pretty soon just got bored. And I said, oh, you know what? All right, hand me one of those harnesses. Let me throw that thing on. I'll climb up there. I climbed up about 20 feet, was shaking, holding on for dear life, scared to death. And, um, you know, climbed back down pretty quickly, but just kept, kept at it, kept working at it, said, you know what? I want to be good at this. Um, you know, I, I heard some of the, the older fellows, the vets, they were, they were telling stories about all these badasses on the tower. And, oh, you remember this guy remember all the wild stuff he used to do and granted safety is a big deal these days especially back then it was a little different and so it was just all about it hey watch what i can pull off up in the air right and so i heard him telling those stories i said damn i want them telling those stories about me too right a little bit of pride got in there and so i just kept kept going at it kept attacking it and over time you learn to trust your uh, your safety equipment a little bit more and you get a little bit more comfortable, you get better at it. I was never the best tower hand by any means. Um, there were a lot of guys that, that were better than me, but I, 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 I did enough to get the job done, do it well, and then you know advance through the ranks from there. So the RF stuff has really come into play as we've started to provide those professional services for in-building systems. That's where that RF knowledge comes in because we're doing design of the RF systems inside of buildings, et cetera. So that came in a little bit later, but it all does tie together and kind of come full circle, which is nice. I don't know how you do it, man. You know, I'm not typically afraid of heights. You know, I used to build houses, so I'd walk around on top plates of, you know, three-story homes. And, and that was, at the time, I thought I was pretty high off the ground, but I mean, what, what's a typical tower height? Like just, round numbers you know we're out here in california so about the tallest we generally get is about 300 feet a lot of them are anywhere from you know 60 to 80 you get a lot of those um okay 
one one thirty somewhere. But you know, once you get above forty feet or so, it's kind of all the same, right? Um, you get a couple of those two thousand footers here in California. There's not much. You get a lot more of those in the Midwest. Probably out closer to you, you probably get a lot more of those. Uh, but most of ours are fairly short. And over time, as the technologies progressed. Um, and the, the, the latency becomes more important. It used to be, let's get the highest tower on the highest mountain we can. Let's cover as much uh, geography as possible with, with a minimal amount of towers. Now, because of all the bandwidth that they got to put through there, they're really filling them in and they want to be closer to that device that you're operating on. So that's why a lot of the, the towers have come down. That's why you're hearing about these things called small cells down in cities. Um, that are just on light poles. They just want as many of these base stations as possible, as close to the device as possible to really speed things up, decrease latency. And, you know, that's where the, the vision for 5G is kind of going. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's anywhere. But like I said, any, anything above 40 feet or so, it's kind of all the same, right? Um, if anything, I, well, I hate to be kind of dark here, but if you're going to fall, you want to fall from higher because you don't want to fall from about 40 and end up, you know, a vegetable, right? So For sure. For sure. I get that. I still don't know if I could do it. I, I never thought I could. And trust me, if you'd seen the first time I climbed up, you'd have thought I never did it either. <laughs> Over time, you can get used to just about anything. Yeah, for sure. When you guys climb these towers, so I know in like windmills where they've got like the little uh, assist uh, elevators, right? That'll hold like 40 pounds or something to, to get these guys up to the top of windmills right they're going 300 feet and they can typically only climb it like maybe once maybe twice a day what's kind of those things i know this is like a very detailed nuanced thing but in climbing the towers like can you can you guys do you go up and stay there for the day <laughs> how does that like work yeah quite often that's what will happen um you know the the guys will oftentimes take a break it all depends on the height if you're sitting at 60 to 80 feet you're definitely going to be more likely to climb down and take your lunch and all that stuff. Other times the guys will take their lunch breaks, just kind of hanging out up on the tower. It's up to them. Um, but if you're, if you're at about 300 feet or so, you know, it takes a while to climb down. It takes a while to climb up. It's uh, it's tiring. Now you get on those 2000 footers. Most of the time those have actual elevators. So you'll, you'll, you'll climb in, there's an elevator that'll take you to the top and everything, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so in general, what, you, what, you're, what you're usually doing is, is rigging a rope. So when you first get started, you'll climb up, you'll rig a rope, which is a pulley system. And then that way there's what they call drag bags or buckets that um, you send up and down. So someone could put your, uh, your sandwich from your lunchbox into, into the bag and pull it up to you. And you can just hang out there and eat your food up there, whatever you want to do. Um, so it, it just all depends on the person and some people are faster than others. We got some small wiry guys that they can fly up and down that thing. Um, and there's other guys like me that are a little bulkier and Hey, once I'm up there, I'm comfortable. I'm staying up there all day. At least back when I used to climb it, I wasn't quite as heavy as I am now, but <laughs> still, I was always a little bulkier. Um, so it, it just all depends on the individual, the scenario, et cetera. Now we work rain or shine. Um, the only thing that'll take us off a tower is lightning. So, there are the days where you're up there in your rain gear and you're, you're darn sure climbing down uh, to take your lunch break because you got to get out of that cold and that wet and it just drives you crazy. Um, you know, which is one of the reasons when we talk about people that we, uh, we do, you know, retention is, is difficult because it is very specialized. It's very tough. I'm sure we can dive into it a little bit later in terms of the ways that we, we get people to stay. But um, yeah, it's, it's not an easy industry by any means. So it's not, it's not for everybody. 
So normally we kind of talk about more stuff, but this is fascinating to me. So I'm going to stay here for a minute. Um, <laughs> you know, speaking on the dark side of this, so, so I spent some time as a, as a firefighter for a very short time, you know, we didn't do any sort of tower climbs, but you know, do you have, I have to assume you guys have to have some very specialized safety training or, or, or tower rescue type training. I mean, if you're up that high and, and all hell breaks loose, how, how does that work? Yeah. So, um, the safety in our industry has definitely improved by leaps and bounds since I first joined and in 05 and even before that. Right. So at least when I first started, they, I was in a full body harness that you could attach to a safety climb on the tower. So even when I first started, you were always tied off before that. It wasn't the case. So, um, first off climbing it's, it's 100% tie off. You should never be climbing up in the air when you can't at all times be attached back to that steel back to something that's permanent they've got what they call safety climbs these days where you hook your you hooked a, a, a device that's mounted to your chest and as you're climbing it's attached to a wire so if you were to slip while you were climbing um, it'll catch you so it'll slide up that wire smooth as soon as it feels a jerk going down it'll stop and it'll catch you when you're up there and you're moving around you've got y lanyards that are attached to your back that kind of have some some um some shock absorbers in them. So once you get into place, you'll tie off with, with a rope. That's your positioning lanyard that'll hold you, but you'll always have that, that Y lanyard attached back to something. So even when you're moving around, if you were to slip, you'll fall, it'll catch you. There should be never any risk as long as you're doing this correctly of actually going all the way to the ground. Um, so that the, the safety has been improved a great deal. Now, with that said, you know, somebody were to slip like that and they were to their shock absorbers, maybe they hit their head on the way down. You would definitely have to go into a rescue protocol. So all of our folks that are on site before they ever climb, um, they're they're all not just certified in tower climbing safety. They're also certified in rescue. So they've always got bags at the bottom of the tower that are ready to deploy in an instant. They'll climb them up. And what it is is so you can attach to somebody that's dangling on the tower detach them from their lines and then you will essentially do a controlled descent down the tower you'll you'll guide them down the tower um alongside along those ropes to get them to the ground and, and get first aid or whatever else is uh is in place so now you talk about firefighters there's been times where crews weren't trained properly at rescue so you got somebody dangling from the tower and they have to bring out fire rescue folks and i don't honestly i don't even know how they, they get them down most of the time unless they get a ladder truck that's tall enough because you know i don't know how well versed they are in climbing a tower and rescue rescuing somebody from there but i've seen that happen and it's sad and it should never happen because the folks on site should be plenty prepared for an emergency matter of fact little story for you we just uh had another class go through about two weeks ago um doing their their rescue certification and by the way the guys get recertified every year as well so um, cause if you don't use it, you lose it obviously. And they're not doing yeah. it very often. So they gotta be, they gotta be able to do it quickly. Um, but, uh, during that, we actually had a guy who was attached correctly, got into a position and forgot to tie himself off when he was there, got, got into the wrong position and actually essentially fell, if you will. Right. Um, now granted his safety equipment caught him the way it was supposed to, but then we had to do an actual rescue during the rescue certification which i was like man we gotta we gotta actually stage that more often that was probably the best way for them to learn i think they all went into full panic mode for a second they had to calm down get control of themselves and go into action and I was, that's probably the best case scenario we need to stage those every single time but that was a first for us so wow yeah i mean i learned through experience i guess that's the best way to do it 
Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys did this with the, 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 the firefighting, right. Um, you can be the best trained until it's the heat of the moment and the panic sets in all of a sudden you're, you know, your mind goes out the window. So you gotta, you gotta train something, not till you get it right, but till you can't get it wrong. Um, and so I don't know that we necessarily do it to that point, but we, we, we go as hard as we can, um, to get these guys. So they're prepared and it's always in their heads. And we taught our first core value is safety obsessed because, you know, returning home safely is priority number one. And, um, especially in an industry like we're in where it could potentially be dangerous. But if you always do things perfectly, if you always do things right, there should be no, no accidents. So yeah, if you hammer it home enough, you keep it top of mind, tip of tongue, you know, knock on wood. We, we, we've had a good track record. We've never had any real incidents. So we want to keep that going, obviously, because that's, you know, as, as, a, as a company owner, they say, what keeps you up at night? That's one of those ones, you know, you feel like you did everything right and something still happened, that that would be terrible. I don't ever want to have to live through that. I don't want ever, any of my people that ever have to live through it, their families, anything like that, right? So that's one of those things. No, I, I get that for sure. And, and that, that's probably a good good segue and to start talking about, you know, your your people and, and your your labor. Um, you know, when you're when you're bringing new people on, do you, do you bring on many greenhorns? Like I got to imagine like the, the mindset that you were just talking about, right. That unshakable mindset where you, you got to be able to switch off the chaos immediately to, to act or react to something going wrong. How do you teach that to somebody who's never done it? Like, or do you typically bring on guys that have some, some time on, you know, on the tower and, and go from there? No, we actually usually avoid that. To be honest with you. Uh, we like to bring people in, with no experience um, for a couple of different reasons. I think early on, it was because uh, the industry lends itself to people that kind of jump for a buck in a truck. Um, so they're kind of jumping around all over the place. As soon as they come in, they're going to be looking for greener pastures. And I think, you know, people that have that mindset generally always have that mindset and they don't realize the grass is greener where you water it. It's not greener on the other side. Right. Um, so we, we, we've always kind of avoided it, but especially over the last um, five years or so where my mindset has shifted thanks to a lot of mentorship, but we're really all about now we're all about our mission is to transform lives by providing growth and development opportunities that empower our people. So our company missions, um, cause it's, it's the same for both apex and Pulse, with Pulse being the in-building, um, company. It's, uh, it's completely people focused. It's not about towers. It's not about 5g. It's not about RF. It's not about any of that, but it's, it's all about people and, and transforming their lives. I was giving them a career they never thought possible. And so that's one of the big reasons that we like to bring people in with no experience and we like to train them up and we like to give them the hard skills of, Hey, here's how you build a tower. Here's how you hang an antenna. Here's how you make it work. But then we also like to talk to them a lot about mindset stuff and we like to get in their heads and coach them up. We like to get into their personal goals and help them achieve their personal goals. And um, really that's, that's what we're all about. And that's why for the most part, our focus is bringing people in and, as rapidly as we're growing, as much as our vision is to go nationwide, um, our vision is to, to grow this thing big. <clears throat> it's not for the sake of just opening offices and having a big company. It's because, well, shoot, we don't have a whole lot of people retiring. Our, our demographic is generally a little bit younger. We don't, we don't have really anybody quitting once they're here for a certain period of time. So the only way we can create the opportunity for people to build a big career and not kind of grow out of here or be able to advance is to grow 
um, grow wider, right? They can't climb the ladder up. They got to, they got to be able to climb it to the side. They got to climb it wider. So that's definitely what we're, what we're trying to do, what we're all about. So that's, that's, that really lends itself to the fact now that what we're looking for most of the time is people coming in with little to no experience that we can mold and really set off on a path that they never thought possible. That's really cool. That's, uh, that's not at all what I would have, would have expected, but I, I get it, you know, and you probably have a bunch of, you know, when you're, when you're in the industry, especially something like construction, you get the guys that have been here for too long and they've got all the shitty bad habits. It's real hard to unlearn those. So I guess to your point, you know, bringing in somebody completely green and blank slate, you can teach them those habits before they get the wrong ones. Yeah, absolutely. We want to mold them. And, and to be honest with you, you know, uh, just the type of industry you'd have been in the past, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the way that I think we're kind of setting the tone for our industry, but um you know, when we talk about we bringing somebody in and we interview them and, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to people that have experience, right? If they're coming in, but the whole thing will be based around, listen, here's our core values. Here's our mission. This is what we stand for. Are you, are you, do you want to be a part of that? Are you just looking for a new home? Um, and some of them get it and some of them don't, but I think they're all shocked in general. They're like, wait, what are you talking about? Core values? What the, it's just some stuff on a website, right? And like, no, this is how we do everything we do, right? So you tell me how you feel about these these core values. Let me ask you some theoretical questions, right? And uh, let's find out if you really can embody these core values. And if you can't, then I don't care how much experience you have. I don't care what kind of badass you are at building sites or whatever else. You're just not going to fit in here. It's not going to work long term. So let's not do that. And so um, it's easier to it's easier to kind of find people that fit or get people to embrace those core values when they're brought in younger, more mold. I shouldn't say younger, but with, with a, a fresher set of eyes, right? So they're not so yeah. focused on, I know how to build a tower. It's like, no, no, no. I need you to know how to operate. I need you to know how to think. I need you to know how to conduct yourself. Then we can figure out how to build a tower, right? In that, like in bringing them in that way, right? Core values first, mindset first. How has that helped your really retention of people? versus, you know, like you were talking about job hoppers. And, you know, a lot of that I find just in construction is not giving people those opportunities, right? Not leading through example, be a place where it's really just a paycheck, you know, that buck in the truck that you were talking about. So how has having the ability to grow to that you're leading through core values and mindset and really having a teaching mentality versus a do this, you know, do that mentality. How has that helped your retention? Um, I'd say it's, it's helped immensely. Um, it, 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 it helps retention, but it also helps to weed out the ones that don't belong, right? So the ones that you don't yeah. want. So right. it keeps, it, it increases the retention that you do want. Um, but, you know, it, it's been everything. And, and I'm not going to say that I was always like this or that um, we always had a good culture. I'm extremely proud of the culture that we have now. I'd say it's one of our differentiators for sure. It wasn't always that way. Um, you know, I started off when I first opened this company, I had no intention of growing into a big organization. I'd never worked for a big organization. I had worked for my dad's company. Then I, we had butted heads at that point. He was younger. I was younger. Um, so we butted heads. I left. I went to work for two other companies <clears throat> and, and advanced a project manager, but they were small companies as well. And so I started my own thing just as an opportunity. I saw essentially what I was, I was working um, as a project manager, but they were making me sub out all the work. We didn't have any internal crews and there were no good subs that I could find. And the ones that were trying to kind of force down my throat were, were embarrassing, right? I'm like, I'm not putting my name on the work these guys are doing. So I finally said, Hey, listen, uh, how about I go get my contractor's license? I'll go build some sites. You summon me, at least then, you know, you're getting, 
you know, one, one uh, crew worth of sites that are going to be done well. You're going to be able to trust me not to embarrass you. I'm going to close the site out at the end correctly. Um, and so that's how I ended up doing it. It was just me and a couple of guys and my wife helping in the background. And I actually came to her when she was eight months pregnant and said, Hey, I want to leave this steady gig and start, start our own thing. And luckily she was supportive of, of that and it worked out. But those first few years were grinding. It was, it was just me and a couple of guys. Um, and we slowly grew it. We hired a couple more, got more opportunity, hired a couple more. Um, all of a sudden I look up, we got about 20 people. I'm still trying to do almost everything myself. My wife was helping with, um, you know, some accounting stuff, some payroll stuff, but, but the rest of it, project management, bidding, closeout packages, because in our industry, the closeout packages are pretty intense. Um, scheduling, hiring, firing, all of it was on me. Everybody else was out in the field and I was getting burnt out. And, um, and I was, I was an asshole. I'm just going to call a spade a spade, right? I, I just, I, I became a fairly miserable person. I was, you know, pulling 72 hours straight, working between building a site, then having to go test a cutover at night, then having to do a closeout package the next day, then go back to do another cutover. I mean, I would, it was, it was crazy. And so I wasn't a good leader. Um, I didn't know how to lead. I didn't know how to run an organization by any means. Um, and then it was around 2014, 2015 that I started to get some mentorship and we, I started to realize a few things and it was a slow change, but it really started to click for me around 2017. And that's when I started saying, huh, what got us here? Cause we, at that point we were probably around 35 people, 30, 35 people. I said, what got us here isn't going to get us to that next level by any means. I'm chewing people up and spitting them out. Cause guess what? Our customers love us. Cause we got great quality. We deliver on time, but I'm driving everybody internally way too hard. I'm, I'm not fun to work for. This is not a good place to work. Um, and so I started to work on those things. And uh, so culture started to slowly change. I think the first thing that came was our mission, which be just based on, we didn't document it exactly, but it became about people. Um, and that came from the mentorship of, of a guy who was in the industry and we, we would go to breakfast once a month or so. <clears throat> and he, he said to me one morning, he said, I mean, you understand what you're doing for these guys, right? Like a lot of these guys, not that they're losers, but they didn't know what they were gonna do for their future. They were looking for a job. They didn't have a whole lot of, hope of, of building a family, of, of being um, stable, of, of being able to retire someday with a, with a retirement plan and everything else. And you're giving them a career that allows them to do that stuff. They've got benefits. They've got a, a retirement plan. They can now build a family and feel stable in doing so. And, and so that all, it clicked. It's, oh, wow. And that's where we started to get people focused, right? And that, so that kind of started with that mission there, which we didn't actually put words to until later, but we started to behave that way. And then it was, um, you know, it's only over the last few years that we've really started to utilize those core values. So we started to build a better culture, became more people focused. Now in the last couple of years, when we've documented, hey, here's our core values. We put a lot of effort in those core values. Here's our actual mission. Here's how we're going to say this. And here's how we're going to explain it. Here's our vision for what we're doing for the future. And once we start to articulate all those things, that vision, it's big enough so that everybody in this company understands that they can build a future and a career and they can build beyond their wildest dreams. And it can all take place with inside this company because our vision for growth is big enough that their vision for growth can fit inside there, right? Um, the mission being people focused, the, the core values to tell people, hey, listen, this is how we expect you to behave. This is how we hold ourselves to behave. This is how we expect you to behave. And that really started to make all the difference. And it's helped retention a ton. It's helped self-selection a lot, where if guys aren't going to fit in um, because we interviewed this stuff, right? If they're not going to fit in, a lot of them are, hey, I'm, I'm not the right one for this job. 
Um, and so it, it has helped retention and without a doubt, the vision thing and, and, and everybody understanding that, look, we're trying to help you build something big. You can build a big career here. You know, we've got guys that are 20, 21 years old, making six figures um, and, and, and really setting themselves up to, to get into an office job, if that's what they want within five or six years in the industry. I mean, it's like I said earlier, it's a tough industry. It's a grind. It's not easy. But the light at the end of the tunnel is not very far off. You can advance quickly. You can build a big career pretty quickly. And the staying power looks good, at least as of right now. Right. So um, that all painting that picture for them has helped retention quite a bit. And I think our industry being tough, the, the state of the job market right now, um, what they, you know, when they say millennials or whatever right now, all that has been kind of tough, but I, I think we've started to solve that puzzle by communicating more, by, by communicating vision, by, by casting the vision to the team, getting them excited about it, giving them a mission and values that they can get behind it. We, you know, we're creating our tribe of people that are very protective of, of, of the company themselves. And, and it's, it's a good thing, which actually sometimes backfires, but guess we can get into that later, maybe. <laughs> Asking for referrals is tough when they're super protective of the culture. They're like, I'm not, I'm not referring anybody in, man. I'm not sure if they're Apex material. Like, let us be the judge of that. <laughs> well, I really want to hit on something. I mean, a lot of that is, Matt and I completely agree with, but is the, the, the big thing, and I'm putting words in your mouth, Matt, but uh, is giving people careers, you know, like where, where that guy was saying that, you know, these guys are just looking for a job and it turned into so much more. And I really feel that most of construction is that way that maybe in the beginning for most guys, they're like, oh, man, I don't know what, what to do. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, a computer guy. I'm not a guy to go and do the whole college thing. I don't think that I'm cut out for, you know, this, that, or the other thing, but they, they feel good, one, about being outside, two, about being in construction. They like building things. They like doing stuff with their hands. And that's not the only, you know, route to take, but that's a, that's a big part of construction, right? It's the actual building of things. And we talk about it a lot, but it's to, to show people like what, one, what you're doing, right? Like you're empowering data and connectivity and everything around that in, you know, lots of places, right? Not just in cities, but in rural America, like, it's a lot of places to do connectivity and that's a big deal, you know, in today's world, but it's not only that it's giving them, you know, the ability to move up and the careers and you can do it quickly, you know, a few years, here's the path, like, you know, <laughs> the trajectory and not many companies, one, do that, but two, you, within all of construction, you have that ability to move pretty quickly. If you show aptitude, work ethic, you know, you don't piss off clients, right? Like there's all those things that go into it to where you, this is a great industry in basically every aspect, you know, whether you're on the design side, whether you're a GC, whether you're a sub, whether you're doing development, you can move very quickly if you choose to. And I just think we, I want to really hammer this home because we do give a lot of people in a lot of areas, careers, opportunities, you know, in the office, out of the office, you know, building infrastructure packages, making people's lives easier, you know, like think of the, the millions of people that you touch with the impacts that you make in building data towers and cell towers. It's millions, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think you, I, I go and speak to high schools at trades days here locally in Northern California um, pretty often. 
And the biggest message I try to get across, right? Cause it's technically supposed to be about recruiting for us and trying to get people to join the team. But my message over and over again is like, listen, the biggest thing is at your age, especially you got to start with what do you want your future to look like? And don't, don't let me tell you what it should look like. Don't let your high school counselor tell you what it should look like. You got to build a picture for what you want it to look like and then go chase it. Cause there's so much possibility. So, Hey, you know, for those students, when they're there, it's like, yeah, you're going to see a whole bunch of trades. You're going to see us climbing towers. You're going to see the carpenters union, by the way, we're non-union. There's, there's, you know, there's not a lot of unions in, in our industry, but guess what? The unions are over there with the carpenters and everything else. And all, they're all great options. You got to determine what looks good to you. And by the way, maybe it is college, but just don't go into it because you've been told if you don't go to college, you'll be a loser. Cause that's bullshit. And stop letting people tell you that. So don't listen to me. Don't listen to anybody else here. Figure out what sounds fun to you and then go chase that shit, you know? So um, that's that's definitely true. And for some people, guess what? This isn't going to be the trade for them. They're not going to want to work outdoors. They're not going to want to tough it out. Um, and they're, they're going to find something better. And, and by all means, go chase that too, right? Like everybody is so different, but there's a lot of people that can thrive doing construction work um, who would just be miserable forcing their way through college, but they've been told this story that if they don't go, they're a loser and, and, and the trades or anything else is plan B. And that's just, that's just not true. Um, you know, they're going deep into debt, going to college. Well, my guys are making six figures at 21 years old, um, already with a savings, probably already bought a house while, while they're coming out trying to find a $50,000 a year job, um, with a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Right. Which listen, I'm not, I'm not knocking that either. I'm just telling you, this is a pretty damn good option. And, and the long-term viability of it, is there too because like i said the 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 knock used to be oh the trades are hard on the body you're going to be working in the field for 25 30 years you're going to be destroyed by the time you retire there's just so much opportunity for advancement these days it's just not true you don't have to if you want to be in the field you can be in the field long term but if you don't there's there's plenty of opportunities to advance to something that isn't a grind on the body all the time so that story's tired it, it is <clears throat> you're absolutely right and and we we preach that you know, almost every show. And, and I do the same thing. I, I go and I talk with high school groups. I talk with my own high schooler, you know, and we have those same conversations that construction is one of the, the few industries that goes nowhere, right? No matter how good we build our shit, whether it's houses, buildings, towers, design, it doesn't matter. There's a lifespan to it, right? You, you can't build something that will literally last forever. So construction goes nowhere. And there is so much room for growth. And I think between the three of us on this call here on this on this show, we represent very different aspects of the industry, right? And probably very different paths that we took to to get here. But at the end of the day, we're all we're all doing well. We're all feeding mouths. We're all putting food on on our people's table, and and that's really the name of the game here. There, you, you know, you, you said it, and I don't want to keep repeating it, but the litany of different options in this industry that you could choose to focus on is almost almost unendable right it, it's just there's so much out there and i love seeing it i love seeing what you're doing with your, your culture you know i like i said i poked around on your your sites and you know you got a lot of got a lot of motivational notes of you know one percent better every day and and i'm watching videos of your your monday celebrations and stuff like that is awesome and it's it's cool to see but it's it's even cooler to recognize like what that is doing to the industry not just your folks right they obviously love it but other people are now watching you. Other other tower companies, I'm sure, are, are spying on on Apex Site Solutions and saying, "Well, what the hell is he doing? How? Why are these guys having so much fun and nobody's fucking leaving? He's doing it right." And and if we all keep doing that, and enough of us keep doing it, then the industry starts getting better and better and better. And 
that's how we kick that old bullshit mentality out that if you don't go get your degree, then you're, you're not going to amount to anything. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to those, those Monday morning celebrations, you know, it's, I think I was listening to, I think it was Ed Milet. I think it was his podcast. It was Dabo Sweeney. I think that's who it was. Maybe it was John Gordon, but they were talking about, look, you, 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 drive accountability but you got to bounce out with love and with celebration right and so that's that's what we try to do because um, we've always been good at driving accountability and hey we can be taskmasters all day and we can we can demand the highest quality the highest behavior standards etc but damn it when 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 these when we get it out of these people when we get out of these guys and gals let's celebrate that too right and especially you know we make them set goals and we make them set big goals and we have big goals and if we're just going to celebrate once we get to that goal, we're doing it wrong. So we got to be celebrating along the way. We got to have milestones. We got to have the little things that we're celebrating. And that's, what's, that's what can make it fun. And it also builds a ton of camaraderie in there. These guys are in there celebrating. You know, when we first came up with the idea for these celebrations on Monday morning, we, uh, we, we kind of utilized the, the, the college football uh, helmet sticker idea. And I, I couldn't be prouder because when we were first kicking around the idea, we said, wait, all right, so we're going to give these guys a sticker and say, good job for doing this. It could go one of two ways. You go, great, or they can go, what's this sticker? Yeah. <laughs> Save your sticker and give me some money. You know what I mean? What is this bullshit? I'm not a child. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we weren't quite sure. And so there are these, hard, uh, these stickers they could put on their hard hats and climbing helmets. And it's, it's gone over gangbusters, especially because it's not from us. It's from their peers. Right? And so when you get the peers um, celebrating each other, mentoring each other, rooting each other on, that's when it becomes powerful. So I can sit up there all day and say, hey, good job to Daniel. Good job to Bill. But it's when they're it's when they're doing it to each other that it becomes powerful and they get excited and they're rooting each other on. And it's been it's 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 been a big contributor to, our, to the culture we've got going right now, for sure. That's that's awesome, man. I love it. Kenny, where can they find you? Where can they find me? Um, I think on Instagram, I'm Kenny Blakesley. Uh, on, I guess on everything, I'm Kenny Blakesley. There's also www.apexsitesolutions.com. I don't have any personal websites or anything. I'm not that well branded at this point. Maybe in the future, I'll take some lessons from you guys. But, um, but yeah, for now, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Kenny Blakesley. Um, yeah, that's about it. Guys, all the links will be in the, the show notes below. Kenny, um, one of our last questions that we try to ask every guest is problem solution, right? What do you see in the industry as a, a problem? And it, can, it might be the hiring piece that you've already hit on. And then uh, how do we go about solving it? You know, we want to bring solutions to the table here and what we can do to, to help the industry, but, and, you know, maybe it's outside of construction, but kind of what do you see as a, as a big problem and what can we do to help uh, solve it? Hmm. You know what? Um, I think we did hit on some of the ones from our industry and the construction. There's a lot of them, but um, I think just because of the state of the world right now, and I actually was thinking about this recently, I, I did a little post about, you know, normalized disagreements as parents, not fights, but everybody says present a united front as parents. And I, I actually disagree. My wife and I come from much different backgrounds. Um, and so we don't always see eye to eye on the way something should be handled, right? When, when, when my son gets into something, I'm like, you punch him in his teeth? Or, and my wife said, stop that, you know? And so, um, but, but we got to normalize that. There's right now these days we, with COVID, with, with the left versus right, everything going on. It's like people can't disagree anymore. It's like people think they can't disagree and be friends. 
And that's ridiculous. Um, and so to me, I think, and I don't, I wish I had a solution actually. So maybe I shouldn't have brought this up. I don't have a solution, but everybody needs to get back to the fact that we don't have to agree on everything. I don't care if you are, uh, say you're, say you're right wing, but you don't like guns. Well, Hey, guess what? That doesn't make you not right wing. It doesn't make you not Republican, whatever the hell it is. Well, that, that's another point altogether. Let's get rid of the two party system. But the bottom line is no matter who we are, we don't have to pick sides and pick a team. We can disagree on some things and agree on others. And that's, that's all well and good. Stop it with the picking sides and then drawing the lines in the sand. And, uh, and anybody that's on the other side of the, of the line is an enemy. That's, that's bullshit. We got a lot more in common than we have different. Let's, let's focus on that and just embrace that stuff. And Hey, have some spirited debates, but it doesn't have to turn into fights where you hate somebody. That's, that's kind of, let's get over that shit. Uh, man, I, I think you just, you just nailed the solution right there. You know, that's it. <laughs> Rip the fucking bandaid off and have conversations disagree get in debates get in arguments but shake hands and grab a beer when you're done with it and you know it's 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 got to go back to playground rules right when you piss somebody off you get punched in the teeth you get thrown <laughs> off the monkey bars but but your buds at the end of the day yeah you, know, you get past it it's not these long-lasting uh you know spits or whatever you want to call it it's just we got to get past that shit so i, I love that answer yeah, we yeah. talk about it all the time too, man. Communication. When communication flows, flows, then relationships grow. So you know, the more that we can communicate and be open with that communication, honest, then everybody be a lot better off. Yeah, I love that. I gotta write that down. Communication flows, relationships grow. That's uh, that's awesome. It's gold, and, uh, man. On uh, so just to you know add to that is so Chad Wright here recently. Uh, has made a, a lot of really great posts. If you're not following him too, I'll give a shout out to Chad. Um, his thing when he graduated Buds was uh, don't be a pussy. That was his uh, <laughs> words of advice. And that's, you know, no blood, no foul, right? Like it's some of those where, hey, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's only words, right? But communicating, saying what you feel goes a long way, you know, and then people can hear where you're coming from. You can hear where they're coming from. And that's the other thing. Listen right understand where people are coming from to try to have find some common ground to where you can then move forward and uh i think we'll all be better off for it and again we try to bring that here every week for you guys is just different backgrounds different places making the trades cool again you know making construction a good industry to to work and live in and not everything needs to be a you know knock down drag out fight either uh but we can you know find a way to move forward together through a lot of our projects, you know, and at the end of the day, we talk about this a lot too, is that, you know, our projects, we're in this together. <laughs> Nobody's gonna, I mean, there are winners and losers within a project, but at the same time, like we're in to build a great project, a great thing for our communities. And that at the end of the day is what we should be looking for and looking forward to is to, to make that project great. You know, more than likely you live in the communities that you're building in. So, you know, make that a, a place that you're proud of. And at the end of the day, proud to say that you had a part in building it and creating whatever it is from towers to schools, to hospitals, to rec centers, to whatever it is, you know, be proud of what you're building and, and make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of us can win and win easily. Uh, communication is probably the biggest part of it. And it's the thing that causes more delays than not anything else on the job site too. Yeah. Uh, with that, Matt, any uh, any last words? I think we touched on it, man. Kenny, I just, you know, uh, this has been one of the best conversations I think we've had in, in a long time. I could keep going for another another hour, but 
Uh, I just appreciate you coming on, man, and keep doing what you're doing because you're, you're doing it well. Right on. I appreciate it. I enjoyed this as well. Time flew by. Yeah. Any other uh, last words, Kenny, for our audience? I've got nothing, man. I'm not that smart. <laughs> hey, 1% better every day. How about that? There you go. <laughs> That's a great one. And guys, so with that, we, we covered a lot of ground today. We covered culture, core values, communication, you know, the like core things that we hit on, on this show every, every time. Uh, growing your people, you know, giving them careers, a path to go to, that construction is a great place to be, and that doing right by your people is a great way to grow an organization, great way to grow a company, uh, and a great way to make a great community. So again, 100 people, you know, it's a small town in a lot of places, right? Like, that's a lot of people to be responsible for, a lot of families to feed, a lot of mouths to feed. So Kenny, thank you so much for, for coming on. Thank you for being a great example of what, you know, construction can be and in, uh, you know, not the easiest of environments to work in, right? Outside, rain or shine is in climbing towers, you know, not the thing that you hear about every day, but it, again, powers our world. And uh, we appreciate you for, for doing that and for providing so many jobs and opportunities for so many people. Uh, so with that, guys, go ahead and share the show, get it out to more people. We need more people to talk about construction, that you have other opportunities than, than going to college or working behind a, a desk doing some unmeaningful job uh, that you just got thrown into. You know, there's a lot of meaning behind construction, and we want to pass that message along. So go ahead, share the show, and uh, thank you all for listening. That is this episode of Construction Corner Podcast. Until next time.